Welcome to the Storytime Podcast. I'm your host, Chatmonius. On this episode, Mo and I get our Mary J on as we reminisce through music. We touch on Parliament, the police, what songs make you want to get your freak on, and that tune that helps you get through spin class. We also delve into strip clubs, pro wrestling, the warehouse, and my bad memory. We even asked the question, is Drake the embodiment of the modern day white-skinned black man? I hope my wife doesn't hear this episode. Enjoy. This is Chatmonious. Thank you guys for giving me your ear one more episode. Today we're going to be talking about soundtracks. Not necessarily the soundtracks that you're hearing in the movies, but the soundtrack of your life. What song makes you feel you? And today's guest I have is Mo. Hey Mo, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for giving us your opinion, your time, your two cents. And hopefully we can uh, learn something new about you. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Okay. Now, since we're talking about soundtracks, I want to know your very first impression of music as early back as you possibly can. Okay. So my first impression of music would go back to what my dad played in the house. And my dad's going to college in the late 70s and 80s. It was all Parliament, Funkadelic, George Clinton, Bootsy Collins, Ohio Players. So my first memory of vinyl, of albums. Albums? Were just the colors and how vibrant. What are albums? I'm not sure. (laughs) I'll just play with you. Yeah, (laughs) those those things that look like discs. You know, like this, oh, there you the big black, oh, I, the I'll, big black ones that are around, oh, you know, okay. the frisbees, the frisbees. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those, 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 uh, those album covers just scare me too, especially, especially the Ohio players, the one with the honey dripping on the lady. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's I'm a sure it scared you. I'm sure that was there your you first introduction to what a woman even looked like. Oh, see, we're not talking about that topic. <laughs> let's get back to this, get back to topic to music. No, I'm just playing, yeah, you're right, but though. it was all the different colors on the album covers, you know what I'm saying? That was when artists took their time to like for the artwork, and they was all high on acid and everything else, oh. <laughs> but it was all bright and right. colorful, right? So, as a little girl, I would know going reaching in the crates and pulling it out and giving it to my dad. So he can play it in the house. And so that was, it was that and Richard Pryor albums, of course, but it was pretty much all funk all the time. And even growing up, whenever there was a tough time or something that was happening in the house, I always knew everything was going to be okay because dad would put on Zap and Roger. Roger and Zap be all right. And we would play constantly, which was later than sampled by Tupac, Keep Your Head Up, right? So right, right, right. It, trans- it transitioned over to my generation of hip-hop. So that song has always been very sentimental and monumental to me because I can go back to that time and what was going on in my life. And I could put that song on and know that everything was going to be all right, right? And yeah, right. with my dad and right. then later with Pop, right? So uh-huh. I think that's kind of how we transition and it kind of evolves into music helps us through the soundtrack of our life. There you go. Now, what was your favorite funk song? Favorite funk song? Yeah, all the, all the songs your your dad played, what was your favorite one? Oh, well, you know, being from Inglewood, it would be Atomic Dog, right? Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah that, that song. Yeah, that song. Yeah, you, that gets the party cracking. Like, you cannot dance to you know, Atomic Dog. It was like 20 minutes long anyway. And so you just flow to it. 
Well, here's okay. a here's a funny story. Went to my daughter's like a little graduation gala, and they played Atomic Doll. And really? you would think the kids would go crazy. Those kids went into the lobby. Oh. They have no clue. Now we're not gonna sit here and beat up whatever Generation <laughs> Z or whatever generation they are, but but they don't know. Yeah, you know th- that music back then, like you said, it lasted twenty minutes. It was because it was you know musicianship. Right. Everybody played the music. It wasn't hitting a, a pad, a little squares on a box and making. They were actually, you know, orchestra, you know, just, I mean, you think Bootsy Collins, Bootsy Collins was the basis for James Brown. And yes. James Brown is, I mean, if you ever talk about being a musician and anything about music, you know that Bootsy Collins, you, you, first of all, you know, James Brown mm-hmm. didn't play. Right. Maybe that's why you didn't understand what he was saying, because he was probably cursing people out in his own special language. To make sure yeah. They did what you did. But yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Those... He scatted, right? He right. Was <laughs> the MC. He was the MC before the MC. Right. The yeah. musicians was the show and he was the hype man. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's where you're like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh. He was playing the music with his mouth and he was the show. That was the pre hip hop days that. What our MCs? Well, now we're at. The, I know we're not banging the new generation right now. Mm-hmm. No, no, let's not do that. It's like we can't understand what they're saying nowadays. That like we didn't understand James Brown, so it all comes full circle. Wow. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is this, is this a hot take here? Is this a hot take? Are you saying that James Brown or that James Brown started the whole mumble rap phase? He is the first mumble rapper. Yes, Ooh. I'm going on record Ooh. to say that. Hot take, hot take, ladies and gentlemen. Wish I had a little fire noise. I could play the, the difference was. The difference is, is that James Brown actually was still an artist in his own right, right? He could hear the music. He was the orchestra. He was like right. the conductor of the orchestra that was playing behind him. These dudes today, because even DJs are like the DJs back in the old hip hop in the 90s, the 80s take of when hip hop started. The DJs back then were the show too. And then there right. was the MC. Now we have the mumble rappers with no real DJ and no artistry going on behind them. And now even the girls that are dancing on stage with them ain't even a show anymore. I don't know what these kids are doing. But (laughs) that's the difference in where the evolution of music has has taken us in 2018. Now now speaking of evolution, we're not going to go too far into into the current time, but what was the song you say like you were in elementary school right around, you know, age 9, 10, 11, 12, that pretty much solidified that was like something that rang true to you when you were younger? Oh, like kind of made you feel something, you know, like like for me, like it was it was a uh, uh, freaking new additions first album. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. is this the end? If it, you know, I try <laughs> to sing that now and blow my vocal cords out. But if I hear that song, I am put. To 4176 Buckingham Road, apartment B, dead smack in the jungle. And I'm listening to, you know, is this this? Yeah, I can't even do that. I'm going to embarrass myself. But that song to me, whenever I think of a song that retakes my, you know, basically my childhood would be that song. Right. So I guess a pivotal point in my childhood when it relates to music is my first album that I bought with my own money, right? Uh oh. So my first album that I bought with my own money Uh-oh. was Johnny Kemp's album uh, It Just Got Paid. Why? Right? Why? <laughs> Too <laughs> young to be buying some old Just Got Paid? First of I all, guess. I didn't even work to be just getting paid and I wasn't excited <laughs> about Friday night. 
but that I had to have that album. I don't know if it was because it was playing on the beat at the time and Theo told me to buy it. I don't oh. know. I don't remember that. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I just remember walking to the warehouse, right? Not the Walk- warehouse on La Brea and Rodeo. The warehouse on La Brea and Rodeo behind oh, wow. the movie theater, the Baldwin Hills movie theater wow. where I first saw, you know, five heartbeats. That's another story. Represent. But, yes. So walking, because I, I lived in Village Green at the time, right? So I'm walking around the corner to the warehouse, past the fish fry, go into the warehouse, and I had to have Johnny Kip. Now, I don't know why I didn't buy MC Light. I don't know why I didn't buy Queen Latifah's album. I don't know why I didn't buy anything but Johnny Kim. Yeah, because when you went to the warehouse, you had to go through that little revolving little metal thing that goes in. Yeah. And then it was, you were in it, you was like bright, like the cardwood floors and just loud music. Yes. And you took your ass straight to Johnny Kemp? To Johnny Kemp. Wow. Tragic. Tragic. So I remember, you know, this is when the times where this they had CDs, right? And the CDs was in that long rectangle box. Yeah, right. And you lift it up with the little, you know, handle. And it took <laughs> like 20 days to even unwrap it. You know, you're like, yeah. get to the music. So I, I bought it. I go home. I play it. To find out that this guy only had one hit, so <laughs> wow! I was so mad. Like I should have just bought. Nah, I don't know. You should have just bought, bought Keith Sweat. Sweat right? Keith Sweat wrote the song. You should have just bought it, right? Nah, man, it was Johnny Kent. It was tragic. Mm, mm, mm. The yeah. first song I ever bought with money, I went down to the Crenshaw swap meet. Nice. Yeah, Crenshaw swap meet, walked upstairs next to the eyeglass place, and I got a 12-inch, uh, Parents Just Don't Understand. Wow. By, you know, Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Nice. Yes. No, it's not nice. It's, that's, that's, I, I thought, I thought maybe I was a little bit, you know, I, I hate to say that I'm not as profound as I am, I think I am now with music, but back then, you know, I only listened, the rap was the was was the thing because you like you say you brought you know, K Day or when you talk about right. the beat, but K Day, you know, it was rap. You know, it never was it never was any you know R and B. So I said I think I can be cool because hey, I got a Will Smith album. Right. Yeah. Trust me, this is the only. But trust me, the only time I ever said this in public. So. <laughs> but um, but, you know, to your defense, right? Will Smith was the only thing that was playing on MTV. Right. And I'm sure that was where the MTV generation kind of started, other than Michael Jackson, right? But as far as hip-hop was concerned, all you really could, unless you was buying Run DMC, and Run DMC really wasn't getting heavy rotation on MTV at that time unless they was singing with Aerosmith. Right, right. You're going to get, you know, Fresh Prince of Bear It was friendly. It was friendly enough to play on MTV. And I always liked the way he dressed, because, you know, being from from where, you know, from being from the jungle, and if you knew any drug dealer, they rock Lecoq's Fortiche. Yes. They rock those sweatsuits and the shoes. So I was like, okay, that's he's kind of funky. Even though I didn't know he was from Philadelphia, it related to me in that in that way. Right. Right. So you were wearing yeah, the bike hat flip oh, up. Oh no, no. In no, lime no, green no, and pink is what you no, was telling me. No, no, what I'm what I'm doing right now? No, back then I was about 12, 13 years old, six feet and too big to wear clothes <laughs> that you can buy off the rack. But you know, that's neither here. That's another story. But, no, you know, but no, it's just it, it's it's relatable, and that's what I think. Right. With the soundtrack is about your life, it relates to certain points. Like you brought up, 
you brought up, uh, you know, listening to uh, Ohio players. Mm-hmm. When I listen to Ohio players, it makes me nervous because when I was younger, that album cover with the porn honey mm-hmm. down her chest, that was creepy. And then you hear roller coaster and you hear the ladies sing, uh, yelling in the background or screaming or moaning, whatever freaky stuff they were doing. Yeah, that was, moaning. that was moaning. And my mother, God rest her, you know, love her so much. She said, you know, that's somebody back there crying. Oh, so I'm thinking it's the lady with the honey oh, on her. Oh, oh, right. And then you go on, you know, years past, you got the interwebs now. You listen to the internet and it goes, yeah, conspiracies are the weird thing. And they talk about how players, how they poured this honey on this lady and they were taking pictures like for the, for the album cover. Uh-huh. And I guess they didn't know that the heat was basically making the honey napalm. And she was burning, and they recorded her being burnt. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So now I'm, what, 46 years old, and I'm still nervous. If I ever see that sound, if I ever see that album cover on iTunes, I'll throw my phone. Well, I mean, they could have just been giving her Brazilian wax, right? Because that's pretty much what they use is honey. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's too much information. I, I, I don't know what that is. Oh my goodness. Hey, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> it was all for a purpose. It was all for a purpose. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but it's just funny how you're interpret, you know, along the same lines. We listen to the same music and you take a different, not that you hate it or like it, you just take right. a different side to it. Right. You know, and then as you get older, as we get older, I'm quite sure you went to your first dance. And yep. I want to know what was your first song you ever slow danced to? Ooh. Be honest. Don't try to be. If it's a stupid song, it's got to be a stupid song. If it's like you know Barney or whatever, I no. love you, you love me, and you slow dance off of that. Let us know. All right. Now the first song I ever slow danced to was H Town knocking the boots. Whoa! That was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How do the you slow? Time we talk to back. That's all. We were like. Ah! Now where were you at? At a house party? It wasn't at no school party. Hey, yeah, it was probably somebody's house. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure it was. Like, I don't think the Inglewood Unified School District lets you do that. Yeah, I was in Inglewood at the time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a house party. And I remember there was a lot of things that happened today. Oh, oh, oh. That song should not have been being played with 7th and 8th graders. No parental supervision whatsoever, I guess. Yeah, that was a problem. But music kind of, like, it provokes you to do stuff, right? It like gets in your feelings. And right. You're like, okay, you know, and you think you're grown, and then you start seeing videos and so forth, and it's all part of the culture. Like you talked about how, you know, it influenced how you dressed. Right. right? And music does that to you. So we do have to be careful with the kids, especially seventh and eighth graders, and shoot, these seventh and eighth graders nowadays uh, uh, uh. knows what they're doing to this. Music. Especially if they listen to Drake, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah, but uh, now, story. now, now you were talking about knocking the boots. Did you know what knocking the boots mean meant? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. and you danced anyway. Oh my and goodness, dance to it anyway. Uh, uh, uh. And you're and you're a product of Catholic schools too. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Jesus knew. Jesus knew. <laughs> yeah. A funny thing is that, and 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 for full disclosure too, I've known Monique since she was five years old. I'm just joking. I've known her for a, for a long time. Five. No, it's been, been about since five. Yeah, so you're about what fifty something now. So that's what close forty five years yeah, sure. of listening. 40. There you 45. go, close to forty. Yeah. Get out of here. Huh? Don't try me add some age on me. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But <laughs> the funny thing about knocking the boost that was supposed to be. 
my wife and I's first dance when we after we got married. But really? the DJ, yeah, the DJ didn't have it set up right. So when he played it, it started playing like uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh no! Yeah, and it kind of like, and then it was like you know the first part, and then it started going real slow until he caught the pitch right. And I was like, dude, you done. And I had my whole routine ready, my whole dance routine. So, but that's my story about about knocking the boots. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, was it? Was it that you were you were guilt into to dancing to that song, or was it just something like you said it provoked you to dance? No, I wanted to. I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and, and and I'm just a little bit older than you, and like my first dance song was "Angel" by uh, Anita Baker. Oh, nice! At Demetrius Mayo's house party, and this girl grabbed me by the hand and said, "Let's dance." She put her arm around my shoulder, and I had to like you ever see those? You ever see the wood? Yes. That was me. Wow, you had to back up a little oh, bit. Oh, I backed up, you know, for whatever <laughs> you know, for whatever reason. I was like, this is uncomfortable. This is fine, but how soundtracks work, every time I hear that song, I think of Demetrius Mayo's house party. That's funny. And I don't remember the girl's name, but I do remember how I had to run about that house after it was over. But anyway, that's another story. So right. I mean, that's living in LA, right? So right. can you go back? and think about all of the songs that were playing during pivotal times of your life. Like, do you remember the first song or the song that was playing when you lost your virginity? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I do. But that's, see, you asked me questions. I'm supposed to be asking you the question. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good question. It was a, I don't remember the song, but I know it was a compilation album, The Greatest Hits of Luther Vandross. So you lost it to Luther. And I know the exact song when it all yeah i hope my wife doesn't listen to this <laughs> but uh yeah it was um uh it was a shoot the did the did all right that song what yes that song was because uh, it was like it was it was other songs i guess you know when you you know, when you're young you're just not understanding the the whole process so when right. it came on i'm just thinking it's just i'm listening to luther i'm listening to luther you know right. I, was a, I didn't understand luther like i understood now Right, right. You know, right. like when I remember going at Dorsey High School, represent Dorsey Dons, our um, our uh, homecoming, if I'm not mistaken, was a Luther Vandross song. Either it was a uh, House is Not a Home. I could be wrong. Whoever whoever knows will let me know. And I just didn't understand. I just didn't understand the the lovey love song. What it was, I didn't understand that. Right. So that being dating myself saying I've lost my virginity after high school is that when that song was, <laughs> when that song was playing, I was like, you know, and she was much older than I was. So, I mean, not much older. She was older than well, me. So she, she was, was she, down with the Luther. Well, you know, she, you know, that's how, you know, when you get a 60 year old, she could have, she could have put in Scott Joplin. I was, y'all was getting down. I'm just yeah. I mean, at that point in time, you were just trying to get yeah, they play, they, they could have been playing, you know, Scatman Crullers. They could have been playing anything. I don't even right. care. Right, but um, right. yeah, that was the, the and I don't I I purposely you know I down you know you download albums on iTunes I purposely erased that song off my uh, off my iTunes playlist. Really? Mm-hmm. Now that being said, I don't think I want to know this information, but yes, I think our listeners would like to. What was the song during that process? Okay. Uh, I hope my daddy ain't listening. To oh this. damn. <laughs> Uh, mine would be Jodeci Phoenix. Wow, that's that was really dang, I, yeah. dang. I know, right? Somebody put some thought into that. Oh, so it was a now was it just on the radio or was it set up? Yeah, uh, you know, the diary of a that that album was just 
the bomb, right? So, I mean, right. that was that summer that everybody was playing that album. Wow. So, I think, you know, I think it was just on. And that just happened to be the song that he went to, I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's... See, now I can't, I got to listen to that song differently from now on. Thank you, <laughs> I appreciate that. But it, but though, that, and, and you kind of killed it, even though we're joking about it, how songs or how your soundtrack is not necessarily, it's not all slow jams, it's not all R&B, it's not all rap, it's not all country. No. Because when I was younger, just to, to show my originations, my father's an entertainer. He was a you know back right. in soul singer back in the fifties and sixties. Right. I never listened to his music. He never played his music. My mom controlled that. Mm. My mom, short, five foot two, beautiful white woman from Enid, Oklahoma. You think <laughs> she listened to country music? No. She listened to well, she did listen to Charlie Pride, Down on the Mountain of Love. Trust me, none of y'all listening to this will know what that song is. Please don't look it up because you'll <laughs> call me cornball. It was either that or it was police. With uh, mm. every breath you take, cause that song was, was yes, awesome. and yeah. freaking Electric Avenue. I can't remember the dude's name, but gonna rock on to. That's all she played, and then yeah. all of a sudden, rap was coming out, and she said, "Wow, there is a rap song." We start listening to the Sugar Hill Gang. So your mom was the one who introduced, yeah, oh, yeah, almost the music, even though your dad was in the industry. Well. Yeah, yeah, even though she was an engine, because he was, you know, he was singing all the old timey croony stuff, that old ink spots and stuff that yeah. our grandparents was loving. I didn't, because my, my father was born in 29. So, you know, his yeah. whole genre of music is far different from us, but he never imposed his music to us. It was much my mother. Right. And, you know, we don't, I don't remember listening to radio that much. I just remember listening to putting the album, had a little click thing on the side of you, click it, it drops the record down, and we would listen to, Casey and the Sunshine Band, like I said, uh, uh, Charlie Pride, The Police, hmm. this is some Billy Joel, but she wasn't really into it. She, it was always when we heard Electric Avenue, we knew it was cleanup time on a, on a Saturday. Either she would, yeah, she would be cleaning up. That means we got to pretend like we were asleep, so we had to go in there and help her. Mm-hmm. But that was her, uh, that was her motivation music. Wow. Yeah. So, did you? Did your father was the only one that controlled the the music back in the day? Yeah. I mean, my mom. Yeah. We, I mean, they both collected the albums. Um, I even remember when my parents got a divorce. It was it was a conversation on who was going to take the albums, right? Like, my oh dad wow. Was in the house and he made sure he at least took the albums. <laughs> Dang! It's all like every movie that's ever out there when they talk about divorce, how the you squabble over the little things, but those. Right. That music, like we're talking about today, those soundtracks mean a lot to people. It does. I mean, it's sentimental, right? It's like you, like we talked about, and you, it takes you back to certain songs and certain things. And so it's, it's interesting to now being older, like even some of the people that um, in the industry that I work in, and we, I'm pretty much the only person of color, right? Okay, so, so you're the only you're the only raisin in a bowl of milk, because that was your saying. I'm the only chocolate drop up in the piece. Oh right? wow, yeah. So whenever we have an event or something, and they're like, the Eagles are here, or Chicago is here, mm-hmm. or, you know, the Bee Gees, or don't you remember, you know, some dude singing about Africa or something? And I'm seriously sitting there like, I have no idea. Wow, you don't know Toto. I did not know who Toto was. Yes. And it was like a big conversation. And they're looking at me like, why don't you know this? And it was because my dad did not play that. Growing up in Inglewood, 
that was not what was playing on K Day. It was not what was playing on the box. It wasn't well, you, what was playing, you know. Yeah, I but you can't know turn to Kiss FM. You can turn to Kiss FM and nah, listen man, to that. Uh, wasn't, my dad was not playing that in his red Z driving to Rodeo. It was not wow. Kiss <laughs> FM, right? <laughs> it can be blasting Toto. Man, the only the only white okay, I know this, this is gonna sound really bad. Uh, but the only white the only white music that I was exposed to was what was ever playing on Miami Vice. Wow. So you listen to Phil Collins and Yes and Sheena so, Easton? Yes, so that was like the only thing that Phil Collins, I could hear it coming in the air all night. That song mm-hmm. was my dad's pregame song to every football game that he would play for his boys. <laughs> <laughs> that was his hype song. And I was him. he probably only heard it because I recorded Miami Vice for him every Thursday night at eight o'clock. You know, wow. that was like That's funny. that was that was pretty much all the exposure I had. So I don't know. There's probably like a lot of music I was not exposed to until I was an adult and I was kind of forced to. Like I went to an Aerosmith concert, I went to a YouTube concert, you know, I finally saw the Bee Gees and who the Eagles were. <laughs> Hotel California oh, and all wow. this other stuff. I had no idea until I was an adult. Right. And then, mind you, I did go to historically black college and university. We weren't playing none of that on campus either. So it all just depends on like who you're around. So there's a whole bunch of music that, you know, I probably missed out on, like you were saying. Like I had no idea. Well, see, and on the other side, because I, you know, I'm a child of the 80s, and especially when MTV came out. And, you know, and, and moms and them had the honest like TV, you know, we could listen to MTV and it, they weren't playing, you know, they were playing, you know, Aerosmith or, you know, or Dire Straits and all these other people you don't know of. That's how, <laughs> that's how, that's the music I liked because that's all they played. You got to listening to that same corny song over and over again and it beds in your brain. And right. You know, you're singing it. And then next thing you know, you're 46 and it's on your iTunes library. Wow. Because, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm deaf. 80s music. You mean, you, you. 80, I love 80s music because, you know, that's like you said, that's the, that, like we said, that's the soundtrack that right. relates to me. And I, I don't think it takes me, harkens me back to anything in the past. I guess it probably when I didn't have bills and have children, maybe that's what it makes me feel like it was when it was just so simple back then. Yeah, life was simple. Well, I guess, you know, I have a confession to make and it was just like, uh, you know, Chris Rock on. Was it, I think I love my wife when Kerry Washington was like, well, you got the nigga ears. I mo Jack have big ears. That is just what it is. And I, I you know, I apologize. But then again, I don't. So it well, no, you, we're just being I was a bunch of adults. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen to the next episode. That's the way I hear it. So. Right, right. But, you know, no, it, it's, it's just in, in, it's in, in how it transitions into now. Is that probably a good portion of my playlist are 80s music. Right. Not 80s R and B. You know, not you know, 80s music in general. 80s straight, like you said, Chicago, mm-hmm. Eagles, Toto, mm-hmm. all all the ones you don't know nothing about. That's that's how it is. That that that's what's in my playlist. I know who to call when I need to phone a friend when the when the oh, white most, people oh, ask me, do you know something? <laughs> yeah, here's, here's a little fun fact. I bet you didn't know that Michael Jackson's Human Nature uh-huh. was written by Toto. Didn't know that. See? See? I'm, I'm got a lot of use of information up here, so I'm glad. Like, yeah, they, they wrote the uh, the song, which I didn't know until actually I heard the remake the remix by SWV. Right. 
Yeah, because they had to do like the, I guess you had to do, when you do the samples, you got to give releases and it tells you, you know, when you are looking at the at the linear notes, they don't know what it is. Basically, how, who wrote the song. Or, so you're or the, that person that actually reads those notes, right? Well, especially back in the day with the albums. You reading the thank yous, the thank yous that was written in the album. And okay, listen, wrote it? listen, listen, listen. My first tape was that I bought with my own music was any heartbreak. No, it was not any heartbreak. It was the one, uh, Boys Alone, Boys and Men on it. Not new edition, but the one that stands in front of the cars. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what album. Oh, the one that had um, Can Growing, You Stand the Rain. Can You Stand the Rain. That was the one, that first tape I ever bought. And right. I remember cracking that open, taking the plastic off, and then you pull right. it out, and it'd be like the insert. You take the tape. You don't even right. listen to the tape yet. You throw it to that the side. That was when they actually wrote the lyrics inside. Right, right. And you get to open it up, and that smell. Yeah. You know, everybody likes new shoe smell, new car smell, and new and Gestetner ink when you're in elementary school. Remember the little ink they used to make the copies <laughs> off of? You used to sniff it. I, I know I was the one. I know you had to, too. I'm not you're the right. only one, people. I you're think we don't you're want to a little weird. It. Hey, it's, it's okay. I love it. Right. And uh, <laughs> it's just pulling that out and opening it and smelling it and just that whole thing of just reading it over. And especially when we talk about Parliament Funkadelic, when you open an album cover up, it had, you know, the cartoon that was on the front. It was deeper stuff on the inside. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, you not only did you have yep. the, yeah, you didn't have the lyrics. You had other art. You had whatever you get. Sometimes if they had art on the front, they would have the actual band members inside. And you go, OK. Right. That's who's okay. singing about P Funk or that's one talking about Aqua Boogie. I don't know if it's the dude in the diapers or the dude with the colorful dreads, but I know one of them singing something. Right. Now we talk about as we move on to our embarrassing losing our virginity music. <laughs> you know how like I said, I hope I might erase that just 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 so you think. Just nah, so you it's know. It's cool. It's cool. It is what it is. No, nah, right? no, nah, yeah. It's being truthful. That's all we care about. Yeah. Being truthful and honest. What song? Reminds you of love. Ooh. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about love, as in you know, you're on the beach or you're going through daffodils. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about what song conjures up the feeling that, and that give you that warm, fuzzy feeling on the inside. Ah, uh, that warm, fuzzy feeling on the inside. Yeah, you see, I can. I'll give you mine. Okay. It's actually two songs, but one song more. The the one song is called Addicted Love by BB and CC Winans. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear that song, I, I didn't understand when I first heard it that it was, you know, I thought it was just secular. It wasn't about, about God. But when you understand that it's it, universal, it's not about God, but also about being in love with someone. It, at the three minute mark, he makes this point by saying, He's everything. That's when I realized I was talking about God. He's everything I need. That means I'm never alone. Whenever I hear that part, a little tear run down my cheek. Mm. Like, you remember the old commercial, the old Indian guy, or the sorry, excuse me, <laughs> yeah. Native American guy, you talking about don't, yeah. don't rub? That's it. I got a little tear right there. That's that To me, that song is about hope and love. And we're not right. trying to be too sensitive, but, you know, if we're going to talk about hate, which we're going to talk, or, or anger later, we're going to talk about this. So we'll, you know, I think it's, it's Anita Baker's The You Bring Me Joy song. Wow. Yeah, that is. That's a good song. I can play that. And giving you the best that I got too. Um, I wanted giving you the best I got to be like my wedding song, but the you bring you bring me joy. Just I can listen to that song over and over and over again, and it could just put you in that place where it's like that could be so many things too, right? If you right. Need to just not even the other person in the relationship, but your parents, God, you know, your kids, right? Like just, 
looking at them and just that to me just when I hear that I hear the love in her voice yeah I agree Anita Baker and they were just doing a big thing for us on the BET Awards she is you know like I said she was my first slow dance song right and I, and I remember being in ninth grade you know we used to sing you know caught up in the rapture at Audubon on the lunch tables mm-hmm. after school That's and, that you know that was that that conjures up the feelings that <laughs> different kind of love of love of just being around people mm-hmm. now on the opposite side what song i wouldn't say make you angry well let's say it this way if you were a professional wrestler what pump up song would you play as you came out to the ring bone crusher i ain't never scared wow because you're outside of the club and you think i'm a punk yes <laughs> so I go to my loaded tech nine and as I open the trunk, something like that. Oh yeah, that's a song right <laughs> yeah. there. That yeah. is a that it, is a great pump up song. Wow. Now, see, I was gonna have see friends told me not to ask this question because male or female, they may not males they may not like it, but females may take offense to it. I was gonna say, what song would you use if you're a stripper and you needed money? But we won't go into that. We'll wait. We'll, oh! save, that. we'll save that for some other time. You don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer. It that. would have to be a sugar free song. Oh wow. <laughs> Wow, I can only imagine. I can only imagine which which. Uh, which hey man, I went to college in Atlanta. Strip, strip. Okay, side note: strippers in Atlanta are like the LeBrons of strippers. Straight up, it's Explain. A, it's a show. Okay, mm-hmm. it's like Circus Olay when you go to strip clubs in the South, whether it's Miami, Atlanta, anywhere in the south and you go to a strip club it's going to be a show like they're not just twerking and just you know lap dancing like they are up there swinging from the rafters with multiple people carrying each other it is circus Olay, like straight up so Uh when you when you you have a whole different appreciation of strip clubs in the south right and you have a whole different respect these women have followers and you know they have fan base like whenever they launch going to college there me launching a new album you're going to see TI in the strip club launching right. this album you're going to see a little scrappy and a little john and all of that whole culture if it doesn't pop in the strip clubs it's not going to play on the radio anymore. right so that is like you get a whole different respect for the women and their artistry and, now, you, now, you're uh, not speaking from experience, are you? No, no, oh, no. God, I, I just want to make sure. It. You know, I didn't, in case your you know, daddy I was listening, I don't want to get you in No, I got the student loan to prove I wasn't <laughs> through college. <laughs> you you're not trying to put your way through college. Yeah, I did not put my way through college on the pole, you know, but looking at these student loans. Anywho, but it's, you get it a different appreciation right, right. and how music plays a big part of that, right? So, that was, you know, Ludacris was on the radio when I first got out there. Then he became, you know, his, you know, his own right, a right. great rapper. It started off in the strip clubs and Trick Daddy and, you know, and, you know, Trina was a stripper. And it's just all of that is part of the culture that now has evolved in other places of the country. But, you know, so being a stripper and what song that play is like, no big deal. Now, yeah, that was their calling card. When you heard that song, you know, when you heard, you know, when I'm dun, 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 and then right. Bone Crusher comes on, you know, uh-oh, right. whatever your stage name, Cinnamon. 
Like Brown or how you want to call it back then, you know, you're welcome to the stage and you hear that song, right. you're like, your, your ears perk up. You're going, who's come out to this song? Right. Yeah. And you know, I mean, if you're able to dance to it, it then, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be a hit. Now, the flip side is always a good a yin and a yang to it. That strip club culture has now kind of diluted what our love songs sound like. Right. You know, you got right. thinking about being in love with strippers and T Pain's like so now it's like now I need a bad bitch, right? So now right. it's it's different. So even our love songs, like how well we grew up listening to, like we could talk about the Anita Bakers and Luther Vandross and the Teddy Pendergrasses and you know the Isley brothers and right. like you you couldn't even imagine Marvin Gaye singing these love songs, like songs, R and B songs that they're playing today, right? I mean, because they're not, it's it diluted what love is, unfortunately. And that's where we're at with music today. Yeah. So it's a good thing and a bad thing. Damn strip clubs, you know. But, well, but you're right, though. Those strip clubs and, and for, you know, I'm going to say something honest again. I hope my wife doesn't listen. If you go to First Kings and Hawthorne or wherever that unincorporated LA and you go to Magic City, it's like going from. I, I can't even. It's like going to a Motel Six to staying at a Bellagio, right? Because where else in Magic City where you can actually go in there? First of all, it's a century overload as you go in there because whatever song's playing and they're all up on you, make yep. you feel like the the man that you want to be. You know, <laughs> right. But you can walk up in that parking at Jones and they got dudes selling sweatpants, mm-hmm. t-shirts, and socks. And I was like, really? And then there's a dude next to him selling food. Mm-hmm. Really, it's dudes selling prepaid phone cards. This mm-hmm. is way back when the when when phone cell phones first started. And then you on your why are they doing all this? You never realized that some of these people are leaving work, you know, going straight to the club and coming out and may have to buy a shirt or a yep. pair of pants because they don't want that you know Bath and Body Works sparkle all on their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> the the carry bone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Versus when you go to First Kings, and nothing wrong with First Kings. I love it. I've I been in a while. I don't think it's you know wheelchair accessible, but nevertheless, <laughs> when you go there, it's like you hearing some bass thumping, big you know just thumping. You you might hear Tupac, and this you know instead of just you know they're just doing backflips and doing all, like you said, it's more of a thing in 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 Atlanta right. than it was in LA. Not to go into tangent about strip clubs, but no, but it's, it's the music, so. the music culture, like you said, ludicrous because ludicrous. You know, you were when you were in school during that time, <laughs> ludicrous was on the street. Right. He was hustling. T.I. Right. was on the street hustling. So you got all he was that. Tip. Right. Tip. He was tip. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember right. coming out to visit you back early when you first went out there and you introduced me to Juvenile and the Hot mm-hmm. Boys. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> what is this? My name is Wayne and I'm like, dang. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then after about the hundredth time you listen to it, you start going, you know, ha, huh, Juvenile is pretty good. Right. What's my ringtone when I call you, Chris? Oh, it's 400 degrees by, you know. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. See, so the music, so, you know, as we keep talking about the soundtrack, you know, soundtracks are not just 12 songs. It could be a thousand songs. Right. But I know when I, you know, my ultimate stripper song is I went with a friend to this place in downtown. And let's just say we were only two, well, I can't, I'm a half, so it was only one and a half raisins in a bowl full of milk. <laughs> and they were playing this song called Life in a Northern Town. 
What? I don't even know what that is. I'm I'm suggesting. Remember the other songs I told you don't look up. Look up this song. Okay. This chick came out to Life in a Northern Town, and it was the most awkward song <laughs> that you could strip off of. And it, I just, I sit there, you know, you sit there with your mouth open, just flabbergasted. Right. For the whole, whatever, two minutes they played that song, I'm like, what made her think of that song? And trust me, when you, after we hang up or after, after we finish this podcast, you're going to hear that song. You'll be like, this is some crazy crap. Amen. She felt that though. Yeah. But see, if the song is called Life, talking about, you know, what she used to do or what that person do back in a, in a, in a small town. Right. Now you in downtown LA stripping. That mean that's a whole lot of ground to cover in that two and a half minutes. I'm trying to watch you strip. Right. I don't have time to digest all that. I just want right. you. To, I don't want to understand why you got this song playing. Like, lady, I'm here for the twerking and the chicken wings. I need you to get right. going. Right. Exactly. Do, well, no, right? no, no chicken wings. You want to get sick? It's the, always the cheese sticks. The, the, oh, the, the cheese sticks. Oh, okay. the, what do you call the little, uh, the little, uh, you know, little cheese sticks, the little mozzarella sticks. Well, see, in Atlanta, this chicken is what you wanted to do. Oh, know? they had fajitas and hot right? wings and the whole, yeah, they had, you know, they can't live. Oh, my goodness. Lobster, crab, the whole shot. No, exactly. Kidding. You go there for that. But if I was a stripper, and not to say that I ever was, you know. All right. Peanuts, so what song would you come peanuts out Peanuts back on Pico back in 93. No, I'm just joking. Not no, the right man. track. You need the right oh, track. Oh, the right track. No, I went to Peanuts because I kind of like the, you know, I was the, the special guest there. But that's oh, not that's that. No, my song would be... Uh, Ooh, this love by uh, by uh, by I'll be sure <laughs> because it's nice and elegant. Oh, it's nice okay. and slow. I'm exp- I'm giving eye contact to everybody and you know out in the crowd. I'm mm. spinning around and yeah. see. Even though and most of y'all know that you know I'm in a wheelchair now, I can still rock it in a wheelchair. I can still hold on <laughs> and grab that wheel and spin around and stare at everybody's eyes and you know I'll be sure singing in your ear. That's what I'm doing. So you're going with I'll Be, huh? That's your strip song. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the mood song. No, not the mood song. Now, like I said, I'm too old to be doing mood songs. But, yeah, that would be that would be my stripper song. Oh, okay. Hope nobody thinks less of me, but, you know, hey, that's what it you is. Know, get, it, get it how you live. Get now, it. we talked about going into the hype song, like, say, if you were a wrestler. But what is the hype song? I know you're a big advocate for working out and was it soul cycle, crazy cycle. <laughs> bunch of people in a hot room spinning in a circle. Right. But yeah. What would be the what's the what's your go to song to get you pumped up as far as like working out? Well, it changes all the time, right? Mm-hmm. It changes. Um, so I always like you know Big Boy and Killer Mike song, um, the Kill Bill song always gets me hyped. But right now it's J Rock's Win 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 Win. Oh wow! I play that. Now, J-Rock is, he's all right. You know, he's part of Kendrick Lamar's uh, TDE, and his his new album, Redemption, is actually really good, you know, especially coming out of L.A. He's been Man, look at you sound like Casey Kasem, sound like Theo from the beat. Well, you know, I'm trying to, oh, Theo. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what, what happened to him? Where is he? That I don't know. I, I knew he came from, from Frisco and came down, and he got all these women thinking that Asian dudes was cool, which yes. they are. You know, there's some sexy Asian dudes out there, but not with a deep voice like that. Not it like had that. everybody flipped. Yeah, that was he was the man back in the day. Because a funny story, I used to work security for John London in a house party in the morning. Mm. Until and, he said, until he said, nigga on air. Huh? Oh, no, no. It was, no it, was, it was, you know, I would tell you who ran me out. It was the, well, anyway, I'm not going to say who was, who, <laughs> not, never, never ran me out, but those, those dudes were cool. 
it was just one person that was little little diva uh, if mm-hmm. I can give you a hint about that but um yeah but uh yeah Theo Theo had us had us I mean I ain't gonna be I'll be honest with you you know that little three to five drive home I'm mm-hmm. listening to him too yeah, Theo was a man. Oh, oh, let one of them little girls call in and be like, "Hey, see, hi, see you." He'd be like, "Hey, sure. next to you know they all for cleft and they can't even talk." <laughs> you know, as they play, uh, you know, "How do you want it?" from uh, from uh, Tupac and uh, Snoop Dogg. After I'm, that should have been around the same time. I could be wrong. Yeah, that was awesome. That was yeah. a great time on radio, right there. And I so, think you brought up music that really I'm not really too familiar with. I mean, I'm familiar with you know Kendrick Lamar and all the. The, the headliners, but the not when say he's a side dude. Cause I have heard of J Rock before. It just that music I didn't I, you know I I I don't know about. It. Maybe I'm just I'm like my daddy and my mama is. I I just don't I just don't understand it. I just don't want to mess with it. Yeah, and so and see, and there's a good spectrum, and I think that's where we're at with music, right? So it's like you you have your songs that are just good for the hooks. You have your songs that are good good for like a ringtone. You know, then you have the ones that actually put you in the mood. Then you got to keep current. It's like, because this is what my son is listening to, right? And so uh-huh. I'm starting to stay young and I'm trying to expose him to everything um, that I can so he can get a good grasp on all different type of music. And he introduces me to some of the stuff that's playing on Kiss FM. And I'm like, how do you even know this song? You know, that that's his world, right? And right. it's funny you brought that up because to go back to, to your son, is that could you imagine if they had ox cords back in your in your daddy's two eighty three hundred ZX? If you said, <laughs> Dad, let me put this in, he would look at you like you're stupid, right? Right. Or even push the button, right. the digital buttons. Right. Now with these kids, you know, I'm just saying the difference is we couldn't we didn't we couldn't express ourselves musically when we were younger. We no. had to whatever our parents listened to, that's what we listened to. So and. now, years later, your son is introducing you to the newer music. Just like you could have introduced your daddy to it. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out where he even gets it from. So I try to stay two steps ahead of him. So that's mm-hmm. where Spotify comes into play, right? So I mm-hmm. get introduced to all this and try to stay as young as possible because I can't hide it from him, right? I mean, not just like us. I was listening to, you know, the warm-up show at night, sneaking in, trying to listen to what was the hip stuff and the new rappers that were coming out and stuff I wasn't supposed to be listening to. I had the nerve when I was younger to actually call into the radio and request a love song on slow jamming Kevin, what is it? Slow jamming Kevin. Kevin James. James. Yes. I was on the radio. That was like the highlight of my life. I couldn't even tell anybody. (laughs) Why did you say that? Oh my, what was the song again? I don't even remember what song it was. I don't even know. It was just some kind of love song. I made a dedication to myself. I have like no Uh... idea. Oh, that you know what? That is so funny. But you know, that was like after 10 p.m. I'm like on the radio requesting. He's probably like, little girl, go to sleep. Right. But I was like trying for days to get on the radio to talk to Kevin Slow Jim and James. Now he was he on the beat, right? If I'm not mistaken, yes. right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You know, everything was the beat back I mean, then. I mean, yeah. power wasn't was it even power around then? No, I don't think so. Not, and not then. Kevin wasn't on anymore. Right. So it was the beat. So it was the beat. Everything was the beat. And see, the first song I ever dedicated, I was in high school. And mm-hmm. it was to not Kevin James, but the dude on uh, KJLH. Oh, Cliff? No, it was the white dude that was that, that everybody thought he was black. And he, he was like real late at night. Well, it wasn't Kevin James, was it? It was somebody else. 
No, because Kevin James, slow jamming Kevin James, he was a white dude. Yeah, but I'm trying. Maybe somebody. I could be. It could be seven. Kevin James. Uh, but I remember it was KGLH. It could have been somebody, and I dedicated to someone in high school. I miss you by climax. Wow, that right there is, and and I hope whoever listens to this doesn't ask questions about who it is. But that was. You remember the person? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember the person big time. Yeah, I mean you know because that that every time I hear that song, which is far and in between. Although I've been married for 23 years, that's you know you still think okay yeah that that song brings me back to being on that little red phone in my bedroom in the corner <laughs> trying to be quiet. So I'm like yeah, can I dedicate this to Bone Quee Quee? Yeah, I want to dedicate uh, Climax. I miss you because what you do is when you call it in, they tell you what it is, or right. the person answers the phone. It goes okay, hold on. So I'm all nervous, like I'm waiting for my dad and mom to come in, or them go on the other line, tell me who's on that damn phone. This is before. Right. This before, you know, cell phone stuff like that. Right. And like it says, hey, this is blah, blah, blah. This is for Chris dedicating this to Bon Quee Quee. It's Climax, <laughs> I miss you. Thought I heard your voice yesterday. I was like, Ooh. that same tear, like the like the yeah. Native American tear it up, still Again. came down my right. cheek. That is funny. So how many, how many, well, like, let's see, like how many soundtracks or playlists or slow jams did you dedicate like did you were you the guy who was recording a bunch of songs on a tape and then giving it to the girl like I made this for you no no I wouldn't I did that to my wife when that but I was like 20 okay. you know I dedicated you know I was but when I was in high school no 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 I think that was the only time but I remember you wasn't making six, love mix this no, 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 down no mix you make three. your own you make your own love mix you know you play computer love and you right. play Shirley Murdoch, and you play, uh, you know, you play those, you play Angela Bofield. Right. You play all those, you know, those songs, and you dedicate them to yourself, because at that age, you didn't really understand, you know what, I'm going to send some love out your way, and hopefully it gets reciprocated, because you don't want to get, you know, rejected. But see, do you know, like that, the music back then could say everything that you couldn't say to a woman or to a man. Right. Like, if somebody, even I'm 38 years old, if somebody was to give me a mixtape right now with everything they wish they could say through the music, mm-hmm. I'd be like, all right, when are we getting married? <laughs> wow. So this is, so if they text you a playlist from iTunes and you, you, you into those, you know, whatever so many songs in there, you're like... If it's a good mixtape, then I know that I have a special connection with that person. Because if you can like the same music as your partner, like that is a caveat of you guys gonna have a good relationship. I honestly believe that. That's like part of being soulmates because right. you don't connect with the same like music connects you. And so if you can listen, if I can listen to somebody's playlist and I like it from the beginning to the end, I know that I have chemistry, and that chemistry then begins a connection, right? And right. That connection begins with work becoming a soulmate. So if I could like your playlist, now if it's whack, then I know I'm like, I can't roll with you because I can't even listen to music with you. <laughs> like everything in the car, everything I do, taking a shower, getting dressed, putting my makeup on, working out, getting my son ready, right. game, everything is to music, right? Like right. pivotal times in our life is to music. So if that connects us, then that's that's huge. Like I don't we don't need match.com, just Exchange playlists. We can come up with our own dating sites. All hey, whoever, music. That, you know what? That's some sound ass advice. I'm not going to lie to you. That it's is, real. Yeah, because you know, because it's just like 
when you go when you picked up Johnny Kemp. Yes. And you realized how whack it was when you had that one song, same <laughs> difference. You may date that person because they had that one good song. Yep. And then next thing you know, you bring them back home and they're whack. They're whack. There was a one Wiggy, wonder. Wiggy, whack. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I remember like just dated Keith Sweat. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Or you know, I don't think you want to date with Keith Sweat. He's just no, bad. I mean, well, if just... you want to get begging, you want to be begging all day. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Hey, but oh, real talk though, I see Keith Sweat perform in the last few years, probably like three times, and Keith mm-hmm. Sweat's on the show. He wow. actually still has it. I'm not mad at Keith Sweat live. Mm, his little dancing. Yes. Little dance he's still grinding. He's still out. He's still doing all that. And and the crowd is rocking because we can all sing the words to every song that he's up there. And he he's engaging and we're engaged, right? And that makes a good live performance. Yeah, because I remember seeing him, them, and Silk at the forum mm. back in, I want to say, like, probably early 2000s. Mm. And they had the big, you know, Silk was, I didn't know Silk and and uh and uh Keith Sweat were you know related yeah. as far as you know being a producer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. I still remember that's one hell of a show. That was a good show. Dang. What was your first concert? Oh my gosh. My dad, if you want to be technical, right. him, Ingelbert Humperdinck and Tom Jones at the Shrine Auditorium. Wow. But my first concert that I ever went to, a first concert I could have went to, when my dad said you must be out your mind. It was Prince and the Revolution at the Chatsworth Country Club. And I got tickets. It was only $18. I asked my dad for me. He said, what you need going to concert? What you need money for? I'm going to concert, Dad. He said, all right, what concert? I, he was all pumped because I'm in the music. He's like, what is it? I said, Prince. He looked at me like, Prince? I said, yeah, Prince and the Revolution, you know. You know, Let's Work and all this song. You know, that's Purple Rain was just, come, just came out. Right. And I was like, yeah, you know, Purple Rain. He was like, that little MF in the, in the little <laughs> pants, I said, yeah. He said, oh, no, you ain't going to a place like that. I was like, and you, he's from the old school. I'd say he, he was, you know, 15 during World War II. Right. You, know, you know, you pretty much said it, and that was it. And I looked at him like, you just took, I could have I saw Prince. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start hearing word back. says, oh, yeah, Prince was, just killed it. It was one of the best ones he ever did. I was like, I could have been, I think I was like maybe 14, 15. And I was like, I could have been at one of the best concerts. But the actual very first concert I ever went to that I went to was a sports arena. And it was like a K-Day, like I want to say it was like a super fest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was at the sports arena. And I remember it was so many gangsters in the top row. <laughs> right. But it was kind of eloquent because it was like one gang was in one section. One gang was in another section. And that was just, it was just, and I think it was playing, it was a, uh, I'm gonna tell you how corny it was because it was uh, Stevie B was playing. I don't know if you remember Stevie B it was Spring Love. It's like some in the, in the 80s, early 90s. I don't know who that is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it was a, uh, and it was a couple other groups. And I remember just being there and not not being comfortable, not being comfortable because the gangs are top. Not, not I didn't trip me out. You know, I grew up in the jungle. No, no big deal. But just uncomfortable in that that everybody liked the music and I didn't care for it. Oh. You know, I'm like, I feel like I'm the, I'm the one left out. Right. And that, you know, that kind of happens now with like, we talk about the young stuff, going back to your son, how your son, you know, brings you, you have to be one, two steps ahead so you can be caught up. So that way, you know, your son may love a song. You're like, why the heck does he love that song? Right. And you're like wondering what's up. And I'm thinking like, these people are singing the words and dancing. You got, you got the, 
you know, you got the Mary Jane in there smelling up the joint, and you got the like, people like this crap. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm, it wasn't even that Stevie B, that person you don't talk about. I think it was, I can't remember who it was. I remember, I want to say it was L. Cool J was in that, like I said, it was like Super Fest or something like that, whatever it was back in the early, early late 80s in, um, at the sports arena. So that would be the equivalent of me and my generation of like going to Summer Jam, right? It's like every yeah. summer you knew Summer Jam was going to be on. And you knew that was like where all the summer, like all the hot songs that are coming out at that time, Monifa and Heavy D and like all she, those she guys, said right? right? Pac was there, like all Brownstone. Guys, right. We're going to be, you know, releasing songs and doing summer jam until the Grape Street's on start fighting and shooting it up and you know and so forth. But and that's when they moved it to Orange County, so that way you know. Yeah, and it was in Irvine and it still didn't stop. It's still, it was like, you know, they always shut it down. But Summer Jams was, you wanted to go to Summer Jam, right? That was like where you saw the latest music and you heard and everybody, which, yeah, it was all the culture was just deep. And that's one of the first times when you start understanding that, okay, I need to get an outfit to go to this. It became a, I would say a ritual, it became a a thing. It wasn't just you just showing up, you know, whatever you feel like, where it was clean. You pretty much got your hair done the day before. Yeah. Got your fit ready. You drive in a summer jam. It felt like forever to get to Irvine. Now I live out this way, but it's like that <laughs> bitch, you know, it was like a road trip. Like, well, we go to summer jam, right? Right. So that's that's funny that you said it. So my first concert was uh Michael Jackson's Bad. Oh wow. Yeah. And it was my first ride in a limo too. So I was like, wow. Oh, this is just awesome. But yeah. that was you know, I loved Michael Jackson. You know, Off the Wall was one of my favorite albums. And you just, you see him, but the kind of show that he puts on was just amazing. And at that time, I'm probably like 10, 11, you know, I'm like young. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around, like, how people reacted. Like, when you talk about people falling out in the ambulance, coming to pick people out, the crowd, and stuff, like, all of that right. was like, real. Right, you know, and he's like, "Wow, this is music just touches people to a whole, you know, takes people to a whole different place." Yeah, but especially I mean, everybody loves Michael Jackson, but there's always that one song yes. that's above all. Okay, so what's your favorite Michael Jackson song? Oh, uh, "Heaven Can Wait," the Invincible album, Michael Jackson. Oh, see, people sleep on that album. Yeah, yeah. that was. Di- that, that was, was Teddy Riley. Great, that was Teddy that Riley was, producing yes, that. That was a great between Heaven Can Wait and Butterflies. Like that was a great. That it was poetry, yeah. That was a good album. That was, oh. I mean, because I, for me, I thought it. It he he. First of all, I always thought Michael Jackson was young. Yeah, like he was too young. Even when he even when he did the Off the Wall, he was still young to me. He was still one of my peers. Even when he did Thriller, he was just a young older dude. But when I hear Invincible, when I hear that song Heaven Can mm-hmm. Wait. He sounds like an adult, and plus his runs were just killing. And mm-hmm. you know, he can sing, but to me, that that personifies who Michael Jackson is. That song. Yeah, that's a great album. People sleep on that album. What was your favorite Michael Jackson song? My favorite Michael Jackson song. I got two. I got Liberian Girl, and I like Cool Video. Uh, that's a cool video. Yes, and I like Lady of My Life. Lady of My Life. Oh wow! Those are, those are my two. Yeah, those, those songs I like. Those songs are not bad. I'm, yeah, I, I love. And Michael Jackson doesn't have. I'm more of a Prince guy. You know, my brother was a Michael guy. I was a Prince guy. Okay, so what's your favorite Prince song? You can't pick. 
Oh no, I got this. It's yeah. so many. I mean, it's it's one for for sentimental reasons. It's one that it was this guy in high school he used to sing. A That's door my favorite. That's in the hallway, my favorite. You know, flex Roman uh, rest. You know, got yeah. R.I.P. You know, he used to sing a door as loud as you can in the in just and everybody the teachers would come out stop you know you didn't get upset and they realized it was him and it was just him singing the the high notes it was it was that song and then but the song that you know and insatiable mm. that was that was when I was 20 that was like right around that time where you know it's like when you wanted you know as I don't know I guess women you know you want to have right. sex you know you wear your best right. thing but when a man what when and all of a man does it but I'm gonna say it you know when when you listen to that song because of the of the lyrics and how he's portraying, he's in control of the mm-hmm. situation. It made me say, "Well, if this little two inch dude can, you know, I'm I'm six five. I should be in control. And that kind of made me kind of made me feel five foot two. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I can wear the purple tight pants. My butt out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was that right. song. But yeah, that was that, those are two songs okay. I like by by, uh, okay. by Prince. You got any Prince favorites? You said yours was mine. uh. Adore is my my mm-hmm. one. Um, I also like Diamond and Pearls. Oh, that's my son's yeah. favorite song. That's my that and like scandalous the uh, on the on the on the Batman soundtrack. Mm-hmm. He does the he does this anyway. He does this weird dance to it. <laughs> you know, me being six five back then, he's six six and he's doing them any stripper. He ought to be a stripper because that would be his stripper song. I'm quite sure if I ever asked him that question. Oh Lord Jesus! So that, just that so, takes me to okay. So you have Purple Rain, and that was a great movie based off music. Which also had a great mm. soundtrack, right? So my question to you would be, what is your favorite movie soundtrack? It's uh, I, I don't want to say the obligatory Belly, but it is really Belly for Belly because it's it's if you if you just take Belly as being just one two hour almost two hour yes. video, then the music just played. I mean, the opening song, you know. Back to Life, that's you know, that's awesome. another song that, that's you know, that's another song from that brings a, a dual yes. memories of Belly and of a good friend that passed away in, in high school. That was the song that, you know, that song that he would sing to, and that's the song that reminded me of him. But yeah, just that beginning of it, just the, the acapella mm-hmm. version, him them walking mm-hmm. down the stairs. Oh man, that was legit to me. That was, but that, that, that whole sound, every song in it, even with the, even the, the reggaeton <laughs> songs or uh, mm-hmm. reggae music, into, it just was all perfect. But my favorite, ultimate favorite, is the uh, Snatch soundtrack, the movie Snatch. Really? Yeah, because I think that too. Whenever they each song was to a okay. character, just like I do, how I do it in real life. Like whoever it is, you, any person I know, they have a song. Okay. Like if I hear that song, that reminds me of that person. Reminds me of my wife, my sons, my daughters, my teacher. You know what I'm saying? Or, or a situation. Those songs that were played, those interludes in between, you know, in transition in, in the scene, were exactly on huh. point. Okay, interesting. What was, what was, and for you, what was your favorite? Boring. Movie soundtrack? No doubt. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. See, I feel bad because my wife's very first date, we listened to soundtrack, the boomerang soundtrack. See, in the car. you so, connected with her but, with music. See, that's how that's how you knew she was the one. If you can oh, sit in a no, car, I was a cornball and I was dedicating music to everybody. I was just a cornball. No, 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 no. If you can sit, if you can sit in a car and listen to music, like a whole album with somebody, you like that person. You're 
you're right. You're right. You're right. right. You ain't like, all right, I'm ready to get out the car now. Like, if you can actually sit there and listen to a whole album with somebody, like, that's like when they say you can sit in silence with someone and you can still be speaking and all that not mumbo jumbo. If you can sit there and listen to music, that's that's impressive. Right. And I'm not saying it's like a movie where, you know, we crash, you know, we, we touch each other's oh, cheek or something. Boo. But when we hear away, that, you know, PM Dawn. Don't take visual, man. We over here, this us oh, hopeless no, romantics okay. are over here trying to I'm hold I'm trying to hold some type love, of masculinity. Man. Right. I'm trying to be somewhat yeah, masculine, on, you know, man. unlike you know, Drake. Breaking it out. Unlike Drake. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm, dr- oh, I'm drinking it out now. But no, I yeah, it was, it was, you know, But I didn't think it was like to this effect, man. You got the Drake effect now on me? Well, man, since I'm one of the original light skins <laughs> out there, yeah, you know, other than Shang and stuff like that, no, nah, this, this, and uh, and right. Pierre, this, this, you know, no, but it was the song. It was like PM Dawn, I'll Die Without yes. You. That song, that song, and then as I got older, that uh, song by Johnny Gill that wasn't in the movie, but yep. on the soundtrack, the uh, they played the music when she left the money on the table. I can't remember what it was because I, I get the confused with Can We Talk because I'm stupid. But yeah, that song by Johnny Gill, those are my two songs off that soundtrack. So. So they, that that soundtrack was hot. That soundtrack had hot sex on the yeah. platter. It had, it, it had everything. It had really Tony Braxton, right? Oh yeah, love should have brought mm-hmm. you home last should've night. Should have brought your sorry ass home last night. Hey, went to the Universal Amphitheater to go see uh, Frankie Beverly and Mays, and she opened Tony Braxton open, and we're sitting like I'm seriously no doubt fourth row center, dead smack in the middle, like when they had the the lights on the stage, you can see me. Oh wow! And she started singing. Love should have brought you. And she kept pointing, brought you, brought you. Like, you know, the little how they start going in you know, live concert, they start freestyling. Like, I love should have brought you home and you home. And then she paused and I said, I never would have left. And then my my wife looked at me like I, she was so mortified. <laughs> at the top of my lungs, I said, I never would have left. Because Tony Braxton was hot. Yeah, Tony had Tony had it going on, right? She was like the new kind of Anita Baker at that time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you also had on that soundtrack where you talk about, you know, like good love songs that you could just play and it went on forever. forever yeah, ever. Hot Sex on a Platter. Not hot Sex on a Platter. The <laughs> Feels Like Heaven song. The Art of Love song. Oh, it Feels Like... Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, die. you see, I close my eyes and I see Eddie Murphy and his no pectoral <laughs> chest having ass rubbing against all that weave she was having. But yeah, you're right. That is that. I'm about to revisit that. Yeah, now. man, that song seemed like it went on forever, but it didn't. But it just like, yo, that song is what's up. Being a little like when I did it, yeah, all right. Yeah, that 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 was a good sound. Like I also think the soundtrack to uh, Strictly Business was good. Strictly too. Business was good too. Strictly Business was good. You know, you had Lecrae on, not Lecrae. Uh, uh, dang, who was on there? You know, Jeff Red and and a couple. I can't remember this one guy. He was a. Uh, it's not Lecrae, because Lecrae is now. See, I'm I'm old. Sorry, I'm old, and I took a lot of drugs when I was younger. <laughs> I don't remember too much. Uh, I'm joking. No, it was just, uh, uh, I can't remember the top. But yeah, that soundtrack was pretty hot, because it brought, introduced New Jack Swing. Yes. To the, to, I think, you know, not to Teddy Riley, but it was basically New Jack, you know, with uh, with uh, Jeff Redd and stuff like that. But yeah, that was, that was a good soundtrack, yeah. too. I'm talking about how good the soundtrack is, and my dumbass can't remember the damn songs to it. But anyway. I mean, you had, you know, Mary J. Blige that was on there. Yeah, Jodeci on there. Um, See, thank you. Yeah, I think it was. It was a song called "Now It's the B Turn." Everybody rise up, people. It was. I can't remember the song, but I'm quite sure. uh, If you ever want to send in a a a question 
or you want to uh, give us the answer to this information that we're lacking, yes. go ahead and go to <laughs> anchor.com backslash chatmonious and you can send me a message or you can send a text and I'll be able to respond to you in the next uh, in the next uh, episode. But the so, other for hip hop purposes soundtrack above the rim. Oh yeah, that yeah, that was almost like Prince. How, how Prince Purple Rain was yes. for like bringing that rock yeah. music or bringing that you know that was that was it. Yep, because I mean you had a, a good mix of East Coast and West Coast and some R and B on that soundtrack. That was a great soundtrack. Yeah, that was one. That was yeah, that was a good yeah. Now I think I'm, I'm trying to remember. Talk, I remember I getting the. The Rebox, the the above the rim Rebox back in the day. I remember if I ever had the soundtrack. I mean, that was a good soundtrack too. I mean, this and like it, it kind of trans translates into movies and music, mm-hmm. like how movies conjure up certain mm-hmm. things, and just how that 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 music does. You know, just like when you hear, um, golly, what's that movie called? It was a movie um, like just uh, Rocky. Mm. At Rocky Four, and you and I that, that when that song was by James Brown, "Living in mm-hmm. America." Why in the f do I know the words for that song? Why do I know the cities he's talking about? <laughs> I hate. I don't. I'm not too much care for James Brown, but that song. Every time I hear that song, I go, oh, "That's Rocky." Living in America. Yeah, mm-hmm. living in America. Yeah, that song, and I was like, I hate that song. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't mean. like the mumble rapper, huh? You don't like the mumble rapper. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I want to ask you about current music. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you specifically about Drake. You know, his new album just came out. I don't know if you call it album. Now, he just released <clears throat> a set of songs on the interwebs. Right. And some of them, you know, we got, you know, two different sides. People think it's how, you know, you got the, the hardcore, you know, what the Drizzy? Is that, is that Drizzy or is that Chris Brown? Uh-huh. That tells you how, whoever Drake is, right. you know. Poppy, champagne, poppy, whatever. You know, you got that camp, and you got the people that are wish, you know, that are you know, don't really care. They like something that's popular, and you got the cats that you know just don't like him because he, I, you know, he's probably soft or don't. Not want to say he's soft, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He blurs the lines between singing. Right. Now, some of the songs I hear from, he can rap real well. When he gets to singing and that deep nasally voice, I'm turned. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, he's not a singer. Right. I mean, we're not going to ever confuse him for that, but that's kind of his style and kind of his lane. Right. Right. But I think it all depends. Your opinion on him, I think, is very polarizing. Like either either you like him or you don't like him. And it could be separated a man versus a woman. It could be separated. You know, so like some men would play the music because they know their girl likes the music, so it's date night music and that's how they look at it. You right. playing Drake in the car by yourself, but if your girl is in the car, then, you know, that's good riding to dinner, kind of. See, we write, we write that note down. <laughs> Cannot play Drake, because I I don't own any Drake on my, on, my, on, my, on, my, on my iTunes whatsoever, so let me write that down. No Drake in the car by myself. Well, I'm just saying, that could be your opinion, right? And, because but we all know, you know, most men do things that attract women. That's what they do it for, right? They get card, not for other men, but to attract the ladies. So that could be mm-hmm. their excuse as to why they listen to Drake. Your opinion about Drake can also be as polarizing as your generational, you know what I mean? So like men my age and a little older might not like Drake because of what he is portraying and how sensitive and 
you know, he is. You say he's a simp. That's what you trying to say? He's kind of sensitive. He's in tune. He's in touch with he's his feminine side. Oh, he's all, he's so you're just saying he, he's fewer manicured pedicure. <laughs> he's, he's going Brazilian wax with the honey. In the he is shot. very so much light skin. Let's just say that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 Christopher hey, 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 that opinion as far as where you're at generationally because like the the kids nowadays right the 20 year olds and younger 25 year olds and younger they, they feel drake for right. whatever reason because they relate to him but that it says a lot about how you know of the masculinity and how it's shifted in our community really i mean it's you know Oh, you getting deep Yeah, on. like how we dress, how the how the young men dress nowadays is a little different. How we doing our hair is a little different. Like these brothers is wearing perms and weaves and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm, they they mm. got their own lace fronts, and that used to just be strictly Oof. for the ladies. Now Oof. a lot of that is see, all, see, but see, you got to be honest though. Everybody can't be like Coolio. I'm just saying. Then just cut it off, man. Ain't nothing wrong with a nice face. <laughs> you know? Ain't nothing wrong right. with a nice face. But it is so your opinion is all based on how sensitive and how, you know, the masculinity has changed in our community. So it is very interesting with his now personally, I think this last album or whatever you want to call it. Well, Scorpion yeah, Scorpion is not mm. as good as views and some of the other ones that he's had. Um, there isn't like one song that's hitting on this album that's like rolling through my six with my woes that's gonna get you hyped yeah. you know, it's not a song mm-hmm. like that that's on there you know it's all like the number one the song that's trending right now on Spotify is In My Feelings and that's a lot of what this is like a perfect song to describe yeah, it's a singing yeah, song In My Feelings and these dudes are going around dancing making heart signs and so forth all based cause you know yeah cause when I heard that when I when I saw that song, in my feelings, I thought he was gonna respond back to Pusha T, no, like man. he's gonna get in his feelings. No, nah, he was really into that. You know, he's yeah, over here yeah, singing yeah. He girls' name, Kiki. Uh, you hit me. It's like, dude, what? What are we doing mm. right now? Right? Like, why are we so? Like, I'm, I'm good with brothers. You know, being in tune with their sensitive side, but I don't need sensitivity right. all the time. Like, I don't need you to be in your feelings. I need you to man right. up. Now, do you think that? Drake is like in that pocket where you know how back then we had the Jodeci's and the boys and men's. We had a differentiation between R and B boy group or group yeah. and rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have. I don't think there is that now. I don't think there is a strong R and B press. I could be wrong. That's not retro. You know, there's, there's, you know, you got your. I mean, I can't think of anybody that's currently, unless you know, you got what's her name, LMA or LMA. No, I mean, I mean we got some real. We got some real R and B singers out there. We do. We you got um, shoot. You got her. You got SZA. You got um, right. You know, but I'm saying of the stature of like say Anita Baker, like there was no. I mean, you had you know you had uh you don't have Anita Baker rapping in her song. No, it's it's their lane. It's that pocket she stayed yeah. in, and I think Drake does that. It's okay to be, you know, the big bad gangster dude. You know. F this, did this, and a big black this and all that. I mean, that's but fine. if that's not your truth, you can't rap it, right? 
Right, but he but that's how he started. He started from being his name is Champagne Poppy. It's not Champagne Poppy because he gives champagne to women. Yeah, or he gives champagne to dad. He gets champagne pop because <laughs> he pops champagne. He lives that style. He's above everybody else. Look at me. Right. And you say that that's like saying Easy coming out with a love, even though he did. You know, if you you know, I want to be with you. You know, that song right. like that. But <laughs> right. you know, but I'm saying you just take. You can you imagine Ice Cube trying to transition to that, trying to harmonize. Well, I mean, I think that I'm that's saying- like his lane, right? And that's where he where he went wrong, running up against Pusha T. Is that that's Pusha T's lane is a little bit different than his lane. So his lane, right, it right. is like your your you know where you compared. Jodeci was a different type of R&B group compared to Boys and Men. Their whole style. Now, what they was doing behind the scenes might have been similar, but as right, far as right. the surface to people, they were too like it was the nice guys, right? They over here dancing and stuff, and then the other dudes is in the desert with leather on, you know. So it's like they <laughs> they hard, and these dudes is you know singing on the corner, right? Like they had two different lanes, and I think that's that's where we're at with with Drake. So Drake's lane is for the ladies. It is the singing, rapping, and then you have the other lane where you got the Kendrick Lamars, you have the J. Cole, right, you have, right. you know, even the Meek Mills and Pusha T's and so forth that are a little bit different. And so it's he's doing his thing. Like, I'm not mad at him, but it's just when it bleeds over to the other parts of the culture that I think it becomes problematic. Yeah, it has to be one the same. Like, if you take like G Funk, mm-hmm. you take Nate Dogg mm-hmm. and how Warren G did it. It was R and B in it, but it was it was basically if Nate Dogg was in the '70s singing that song and they did sampling yes. on it. So it seemed it was yes. seamless. And I think and, if, it, and I think even when you go to T Pain, T Pain was he he could sing real well. No one knew yeah. that, but you know that being said, I think rappers even begin with him. Maybe, hey, maybe I can flow. I got some bars, you know, however, whatever the vernacular is these mm. times. I can rap, but my they may not accept me for being a singer for how I look at who right. I am. And because, you know, Aubrey was the, the grassy dude from back, you know, in, in, in Canada, you know, that maybe it was best for him to go that I'm hardcore, not hardcore, but not the bubblegum that I think, or not as soft as he is now. Right. And I'm not saying soft, by no means I'm trying to offend that he is soft. Maybe it's just my lack of, of 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 adjectives and verbs to try to describe what his music is, but you know, with T Pain, it was it was seamless almost mm-hmm. until you realize that damn, he had a great voice. I'm wondering if, like these, even some of these rappers, they sing their songs, like they they they're good singers, but they rap first, thinking that maybe it's easier for me to have the gimmick and to you know put Chipotle bags on my face and tattoo my face up looking like a Chipotle craziness. Bag. Yeah, and they can sing like I know that that XXX guy. He already already can sing pretty well, so I'm just wondering if when Drake first got on, he had to, he couldn't be, you know, whatever his name was, his name Aubrey, and it was whatever his name was in Degrassi, he couldn't be that character, so he had to like go opposite. Well, because he felt he probably felt like that's the mask that he had to put on in order for him to get respected in the industry. Because if he would have came out, now, was like, that, hey, I'm the... Was that, was that a pun? Was that a pun on uh, Pusha T's yeah, album? Yeah, Adonis no, was. <laughs> but it's like, you know, if he was to come out, like, hey, I'm this nice guy. I grew up in Canada. My mama, you know, I'm light-skinned and all that. And But I'm I'm cool. I got art. That he might not, Lil Wayne might have looked at him like, nah, bruh. Like, I can't sell this. 
you right. know. So it wasn't right. until he had to get on. He had to get on one particular way until he was able to be more independent. And maybe now he's really showing us who he is, you know, in real life. Maybe he's he's just more in touch with his feelings. Mm. And that's just what it is, you know. It's just, it's interesting how... I mean, most artists, when they first come out, are pretty much controlled by the record label and what they can market, or are they shelving? Right. So, you always see an evolution of an artist as as their progression in their different albums. Like, you know, you right. see their growth or lack of, you know, depending on what happens. So, it's it's interesting, you know, the whole singing stuff, and that's just his lane. You just you just appreciate it. It's just it's polarizing. And some people are going to be for it, and some people are not. The ladies might be for it, the ladies are not, depending on what kind of lady you are, right? <laughs> right? 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 Like, I don't need my men singing to me. Like, like either you're going to sing to me or you're going to rap to me. I don't need this rap singing stuff, right? Yeah, because could you imagine that as we close out this great podcast about soundtrack? Could you imagine? Uh, here, here's the mood. I want you to paint the mood, okay. right? you in there, and the dudes in the club, and it's dark, and you meet them, and he, you can't really tell what it is. You know, something's different about them. And this dude just starts singing in your face. I mean, he has a great voice. Right. And then all of a sudden, the lights come up, and you realize it's a uh, Bismarck. Oh, you see what I'm saying? That's the you know. Do you <laughs> are you in love with him because he, he has a he has a he has a voice like 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 freaking Al Aldro. I'm not gonna say Aldro, but like Al Green. Right. But you know, what if I'm we're saying? connecting, his... okay, real talk. If uh-oh, we're connecting uh-oh. on music, and he can sing to me. And I already told you, if the brother is making me a playlist, I'm with it. I don't care what he look like. I can get over that. I can. All my girlfriends might clown me if he's Bismarcky, but I'm like, listen, he could sing. And he could sing to me all day long. And then as soon as he starts singing, he'll just have to sing everywhere we go. I'd be like, baby, go ahead, and <laughs> go ahead, and sing. Let everybody know why I'm with you. And he'd be like, ooh yeah. I'd be like, yep. Wow. That's why I'm with him. As there we- you go. I'd be his number one fan. You know, but. That's how, and gentlemen, that's how important music is to me though <laughs> wow we just heard this from Mo that if you look like Bismarcky you got a chance you might have a chance I'm an equal opportunist if you can sing and we like the same music Mm-mm. if you got what she needs you, you good hey, I'm not picky, I'm picky. <laughs> Mo thank you so much for your time it was great discussions about music I appreciate it and uh Hope you uh, join us yeah, again. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a good discussion. Took me back. A little hey, flashback. Man. There you go. Make sure you look up some of those, those stupid songs yeah, we were man, talking about. You gotta about put me on that. Toto and all this other nonsense. Oh, yeah, please. Get on Toto. <laughs> trust me. Get on Toto. You'll be, you be rocking it in the OC. Trust me. Uh, no. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye.